Hi, and welcome to It's Your Town Beach Talk. I'm your host, Gary Sarantola. On this program, we revisit with Walter Borthwick, former mayor of Wasaga Beach. Walter was mayor of Wasaga Beach for some 25 years. We pick up on Walter's insights on what Wasaga Beach is all about in terms of the tourism industry, our relationship with Ontario Parks, and what Walter considers where the tourism opportunities lie. Walter goes on to say that times have changed, but the fundamentals are essentially the same. I've spent some 20 plus years in and around corporate planning, either leading planning initiatives or consulting around them. When we talk strategic planning led by strategic thinking, I would say that Walter Borthwick comes by it naturally. Walter seems to always gravitate to the fundamentals about what drives what and demystifies the issues into common sense thoughts that help us use the past to clarify what we want in the future. Have a listen to this program and learn about the fundamentals that make Wasaga Beach what it was, what it is, and what it could be. We have a lot to learn from Walter. Let's take a short break and we'll be back with Walter Borthwick, one of the beach's more valuable strategic thinkers. Is your new or existing business looking for recognition in Wasaga Beach? Beach Booster Group is your one-stop shop for all things local, all things promotional. Beach Booster will succeed in creating a complete local promotional package that can include high-profile outdoor, print, and radio promotion of your business and services. Beach Booster's community events offer additional opportunity for visible participation of your company in the Wasaga Beach area. Beach Booster Promotions also specializes in all types of promotional products and apparel to help you create your local and professional profile. Contact us at info at beachbooster.com or call 705-241-9762. We are local. We are Wasaga Beach. We are Beach Booster. Hi, Beachers. Welcome back to It's Your Town Beach Talk. And we're here with Walter Borthwick again after our last show and catching up with them. So how are you doing, Walter? Doing well, Gary. Pleased to be back. And just to remind our listeners who you are, and can you tell us just a little bit about yourself before we start? Well, I'm one of those old-timers, I guess now, Gary. moved here back in uh, 1954, so a little long in the tooth, kind of about uh, 60 years in the community, and along the way got involved in a few things, a little bit of politics, a little bit of service work, and Anyway, still here. All right, so you're one of the pioneers. You're a former mayor of Wasaga Beach, uh, the pioneers in terms of establishing the village of Wasaga Beach into a municipality, correct? Yep, yeah, it was, uh, was part of the original to bring the four municipalities together, create the, the uh, beach community, the uh, joint park municipal uh, agreement that created the town of Wasaga Beach. Right, and then probably up to this time, you're the longest-standing mayor in Wasaga Beach, aren't you? Well... Yeah, I guess it was 25 years of that along the way. 25 years. On our last program, you talked about uh, it was fun to live here, and I want to visit that. But here's a little piece of information. Last year, 2013, it's the first time the Dardanella on Beach One didn't open its doors in 95 years. So what do you think of that, and what does that mean for our future in Wasaga Beach? That rushing sound of air was poor Jack Timlock spinning in his grave when he realized the Dard didn't open last year at... uh, that, that was a, kind of an unfortunate. Dardanelle has always been a primary focus point to, in town, especially down in the, uh, in the beach area, one down in the main drag area. If you asked on the main street of, uh, we used to call it the main street, on, on Young Street or Front Street in Toronto, you stop uh, 50 people, ask them if they've been to Wasaga Beach, what do they remember? 
half of them say I was at the Dardanella. So a lot of good memories there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it uh, it goes back a long way, and uh, it was sad to see it been open last year. Right. So what what did fun look like on a Saturday night, say, at the Dardanella on a good hot summer night? Well, fun was music, and uh, and fun was people, and uh, fun was uh, being there with your friends or meeting the uh, meeting the tourists. It it was just a, a good time. I mean, that place was packed. I mean, that back in the days when they had to count noses, you know, and uh, you turn your head sideways, your nose didn't get counted. They put two more people in. And, and a lot of good dance bands played in that uh, that's that space. Oh, they covered a lot of territory. Yeah, some of the, the big old bands, and and then a lot of uh, a lot of new stuff back in my day. Uh, like I'd watch uh, the likes of Ronnie Hawkins. Uh. Ronnie Hawkins. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. First time I saw Ronnie Hawkins was at the Dart. So we've had some big names in oh, Wasaga absolutely. Beach throughout the years, and absolutely, no, and most of them came through the Dart. What do you think? Is there possibilities that we could relive these days in, in, a, in a modern way to be able to bring in other big names and start well, this all over again? You always can because nothing's really changed. I mean, the magic is still here. You've got the uh, the world's longest, safest freshwater beach. Uh, and a quality got? beach at that. It's blue flag, eco-rated. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the only thing that's changed in the last 30 years is you've got another million and a half people to draw from in the GTA. Right. I mean, that, that's growing larger and larger. And so. from what I'm told, uh, by 2036, there'll be three more million people there to be able to come to our great playground. Why don't we maybe just go back to our roots a little bit and say it was so much fun and it worked so well then... What's wrong with doing the same thing again? So, so what does that mean? So, basically, we have the beach. It's the greatest thing that we have here. Uh, getting back to our roots would mean just doing the things we did in those years. I worry a little bit, Gary, that over the past few years, and uh, that maybe we're trying to be something that we aren't, you know, or something that we never can be. Uh, we're a blue-collar beach, and. Try and convince me we'll ever, ever be anything other than that. You know, uh, we're not a main beach. Uh, uh, we're not the Jersey Shore. Uh, we're where, uh, where families come up and uh, spend a day and spend a weekend and then start renting a cottage. And uh, great tourists. So you're saying let's work from our strengths on what we can do. and Well, you know... Over a lot of years, I've seen a lot of businesses start, uh, a lot of them be successful, and uh, a lot of them uh, not so successful, and the ones that are successful are always the ones that build on their strengths. Uh, why try and create something that might not work or, or won't work when you've got, uh, you've got the tools, you've got the equipment, and, you, and you've got the basics to... Uh, to be really successful. And we seem to have lost that connection with Borden, where they made a lot of the activity here, didn't they? Yeah, well, things changed. I mean, Borden was different in the 50s. I mean, we had the Korean War going, we had all kinds of extra guys in Borden. Uh, they were another source of, uh, of tourism for us. What we got now, back in those days, Barry was 25,000 people, remember? Right. Yeah. Barry, not almost 200,000 people now? It's getting close to that, right? And our, <laughs> how far are they? Half an hour? They are now potential tourists for us. Uh, I mean, it's only getting better. It's only getting better. 
So we don't have to go too far out to realize that we've got a really good base of visitors that we can tap into. It's just how do we go about it? Is that what you're saying? Well, there's no magic to that either. We've got to, I think, come back to the realization of what tourism is. And it's an industry. Okay, we don't seem to use that word anymore. Industry is, uh, uh, even the word industry has become kind of a negative thing because all you hear is industries closing and towns and, uh, and cities used to build around industry. Well, they still do, you know, but it's different. And, and we were never going to be an industrial community. We didn't have the things that took. Uh, Midland and Collingwood had their shipyards. Uh, they had rail line access, you know, to build the factories, right. those type of things. So that wasn't our industry. Our industry was that damn clean industry called tourism, where the, the sun shone and the people came and spent money in your community and were happy. Uh, I can't tell you how many communities I have been in. I did a lot of speaking over the years uh, with different groups and, uh, and, and with the ministry. People in other communities would kill to have the opportunity for the kind of industry, tourism industry, that we have here in Mississauga Beach. So, Walter, over the last 20 years, say, we've attracted a lot of people that sort of cash in from the GTA. They come here and they retire. They probably spend three, four months in Florida. So they don't want the activity. So how do we let them understand that there's a connection between keeping a, a healthy tourism industry and they, get, they can benefit from that? Well, to start with, maybe we just... Quit thinking they've got all the answers. Because you're, and, and I love these people, and I'd love to be seeing one of the same ones that spend four months somewhere else. They're a seasonal resident if they're gone for four months in the wintertime. They don't understand true? what it's all about. You know, talk to the people who live here 12 months of the year and take their vacations. Yes, I want input from everybody, but if you're going to come and uh, spend the best part of your summer entertaining your uh, grandkids and your family and friends at... Uh, at your cottage, and you're going to get through Christmas, and then you're going to disappear for four months. Well, I don't think you're uh, buying meals at our restaurants or buying clothes in our stores or putting gas in your car up here. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, bringing in somebody uh, uh, to replace your dollars, and that's that's got to be a tourist. So. All right, so are you pointing in the direction, then, that we really should be focusing on four-season tourism to be able to make up for that kind of gap? Yeah, but four-season tourism is tough, Gary. We should never forget it. We should always keep it in mind, uh, expand the shoulder seasons when we can. Like we had a great, successful sled fest this uh, this year, so yeah, we can so you build on that. you build off it. That's exactly right. right. But it, it's just we talked about earlier. You build on your strengths. Summer season is our strength. And then you go with it, and then and you let it flow, and you try to start a little earlier, stay a little later. You know, 50 years ago, the big competition was the exhibition opened. All of a sudden, the beach died the last two weeks in August. That doesn't happen anymore. You know, we don't have to fight that kind of competition Interesting anymore. Interesting fact. Now, Canada's Wonderland has kind of replaced the competition, the exhibit, but it's a one-day trip. So, w- one of the things that we were, we were talking about earlier is that you know, Sled Fest was very successful. Now we have the, the Wasaga Beach Short Film Festival that happens in January. If we could get a regular schedule, we could probably cross-promote these events in the summer when we do get our peak visitors, and then they know what's here in the winter. What are your thinking? Well, what's your thinking on that? You're showing those people right. a reason to come back in the off-season. And uh, 
cross promotion is the answer, isn't it? To, uh, to just what anything you want to do to be successful, you uh, you try and tag on to somebody else who's successful with an idea. And and what are your feelings about community partners like like Blue Mountains and Collingwood? Yeah, should we work with them? Should we uh, do our own thing? No, no, you don't do your own thing. You always work with somebody else when they're prepared to work with you. Right. I, I don't say we go out and uh, try and lasso them, but if uh, if we find our uh, any of our partners on the uh, South Georgian Bay, uh, up around the uh, Midland Penetangle Sheen, uh, around uh, Collingwood, up into Thornbury, Meaford, if there are opportunities... Uh, to work with them, always work with them. Did, did you have opportunity to work with them in, in your day as mayor? Did you work on a few things that uh, got somewhere with uh, with bringing tourists to the region? Yeah, and I'm not really sure uh, what the infrastructure is right now. We used to have a very active group of all the uh, community leaders from, from all those communities that we just uh, spoke about, met on a very regular basis, made sure everybody knew what was happening in each other's community and uh, and look for ways to try and uh, tag them in. That. So did you just talk about tourism or did you talk about other things as well as you, when you got together with these people? That group wasn't the group that should have been talking about uh, municipal affairs, but <laughs> it always happens, doesn't it? Right. Uh, but there was also groups that did that. Okay, we would uh, get the politicians together to, to look at ways you could, uh, could deal with municipal issues jointly if you could and uh, uh, expand uh, the opportunity for for working with your neighboring communities but um, I'm thinking back to the uh, Georgian Triangle Tourist Association that uh, uh, Sheila Mitchell started up many many years ago and we were uh, one of the founding members of that founding members oh yes yes their original building uh, the original Georgian Triangle building was donated by the, uh, the old village of Saga Beach to the uh, Georgian Triangle Tourist Association. That's an interesting it concept. There. It was an old cottage, yeah. That uh, for many, many years right. was, their, uh, was their building. So speaking about partners, if we talk about Ontario Parks, or uh, back then it was probably the, the Ministry of Natural Resources, can you talk about you know, how your relationship was then and how it could be, say, in the future to be able to support our tourism business? Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And and I can't imagine uh, that a lot of the same fundamentals are still in place. You know, if, if we approach the ministry, uh, uh, we want to do this, uh, we sit down and look at it. And uh, my understanding is that still happens. You know, they'll sit down and uh, set aside a piece of property, if not bend some rules, create a new rule, something that'll... Uh, We'll make it work, and uh, then there's ways that uh, we can assist them. So I, I don't think there's any magic to that. I, I suspect it's still happening. Well, we we learned that there's going to be a time in the in, in the intermediate future where they're going to work a master plan. They've invited the townspeople to come in and and share information on that master plan. Do you have any idea of how we should approach that, say, as a town? First thing we should do is sit down and take a look at the last master plan that was done that way. And that, uh, we're talking 40 years ago. 40 years ago. Uh, well, yeah. the Joint Park right. Community Master right. Plan. Yeah, it was extensive and it, it really needs to be reread because, yeah, there's going to be a lot of things that uh, are not applicable anymore, but I can't believe that there aren't some real fundamentals in there that 
should be reread. And uh, I think uh, in the back of somebody's head, a little light bulb's going to go off and say, hmm, you know, that's the way it worked then, and no reason it can't continue to work that Walter, when, when you set that up with the pioneering people that put this agreement together, did you come up with some principles as well on how you were going to work together? Or was it just basically, here's the fundamentals of the agreement and, and we're going to go forward? Well, remember, they were shaking things up dramatically. They were buying all kinds of beachfront property. They were taking out all kinds of rental cottages, cottage courts, they remember when they bought those. They were taking out little stores on the beachfront. Uh, there was a major shakeup to the uh, to the infrastructure of the community. So they put a dent in the industry, basically. Oh, absolutely. But when you sat down and talked to them, and I mean, the poor guys who came in, was, originally it was Lands and Forest, and then, of course, it became... Uh, Parks, you know, they've changed their name so many times over the years. I mean, they came in with a job to do, didn't necessarily understand what it meant to the local community. But once you sat down and they did get an understanding, uh, they weren't that hard to deal with. They knew that they were having an impact, and uh, they were quite prepared uh, to sit down and try and uh, do whatever they could to... Uh, ease the impact and then in, in many cases uh, turn it into a positive. So when, when you're starting to see the impacts on both sides, uh, you, you know, let's call them Ontario Parks now and, and the town, was there cause to rethink the agreement then or we there was enough there to just keep moving forward? Yes, we hadn't finally signed an agreement it never would have been done because it was a moving target and there would always be something. And uh, Gary, to say things worked really well all the time. Of course, that's not true. I mean, there were times uh, when we uh, uh, were going nose to nose with them, and we would have a, a front end loader or a bulldozer from Public Works sitting just outside the uh, the park entrance, ready to dig a hole in our street so that people couldn't get into their parks. You know, so you're like banty roosters. A few roosters. tactics going on oh, there. Oh, like banty roosters. Yeah, you get up in your hind legs, flap your wings, and, uh, uh, and then suddenly you both say, well, you know what? doesn't have to be this way. We can work this out. Uh, I'm wondering, are we asking for enough these days? What they've taken from us, they've still got. Yeah, you were talking about the original agreement. agreement. It would make sense to really get a sense of uh, where we started from and what we really want to do as a town and then go in with that kind of position. Would you agree with that? Well, absolutely, because uh, although it's uh, 40 years down the road, what's changed they still bought 300 beachfront acres. They bought, what is it, 13,000 acres. In the, they're, they're a 25% landowner in our community. I mean, we're joined at the hip. Uh, I just think we've got to continue to remember that and, and uh, remind our uh, provincial buddies that uh, just because time passes doesn't mean the whole thing goes away. Uh, there's a lot of property down there where we might have had new cottage courts, might have had new motels, might have had new uh, new retail shops that we can't do because they came in back in the 60s and paid what was a good price then. Steel, if you look at it now, when you look at what's being built down there. An example, drive down a shore lane and look at those monster cottages. Do you think for a minute a Beach Area 5 wouldn't be shoulder to shoulder with those if a Beach Area 5 wasn't there? Interesting fact. Okay. Now, put a price tag on them. A lot of them are a million, million and a half dollars. 
I shouldn't even try. I don't know real estate folks, but pick a number. Right. You run a bunch across there. What kind of taxation you bring in? And don't forget, those are seasonal homes for most of these people. That's their cottage. Now, with that kind of taxes coming in off of those places, can you imagine first what impact would that have on our uh, our internal tax system? What would it let us do if we had more to spend, or what would it cost us less if we had it uh, as a subsidization uh, to what exists? So, don't we need to sit down and uh, maybe that's a conversation we should have with the coffee with uh, some of our uh, ministry people? Uh, you know, we're losing uh, millions, tens of millions of dollars in potential taxation because your park is here. What I'm hearing is that we should revisit the original intent, have a sense of where we're going as a town, and really come to this agreement where what they agree to with us will be top of mind. It sounds like they've kind of uh, lost some interest in there with other issues going on in the province. Time goes by. People forget it even happened. How many people in town don't have any understanding of uh, how this town was created? And shouldn't be expected to. I mean, we're talking the 50s and 60s. We're talking 50 years ago. And the world has changed. But the impact of the province of Ontario buying hundreds, buying thousands of acres of property in our community. Remember, we're the only provincial park wholly contained within a community in Canada. Banff's the opposite, right? Right. And, and it's a federal park. But uh, So... The names change, the, the, the people change, uh, people forget. Uh, right. Staff change, things get filed away in boxes and put away somewhere and the province hasn't got records of and the province has got nobody who worked back then, they don't remember anything and I'm sure municipalities are the same way. So what I'm hearing is this is a very, very important issue and we really have to go about this the right way, especially since the fact that we may be renegotiating another agreement as we go forward. Well, I would think so. I mean... Uh, the ministry, they just open the gates, right? And the tourists come in. Right. It's a pretty basic operation. We have to, I think, uh, do an assessment and analysis about the impact of the provincial park continuing to exist here. Right, so we have to understand all the implications. We can't do that. I mean, we could do it then. It's like having a... The major industry, I guess, come in and uh, establish a position in your town, buy up all kinds of property, uh, yeah, operate no pay taxes yeah. for a while, and then uh, uh, all of a sudden they kind of forget they're there and they shut one little thing down and then all of another little thing happening and all of a sudden you're not getting your full value. And I'm not saying it would change a whole bunch, but for the time it takes, I... I tend to think it, it certainly wouldn't hurt. Are, are you comparing this to sort of a, a one large company town where the company in, in this example is Ontario Parks? And There's no question. There's no question. We spoke a minute ago about what industry is. Right. Industry in Wasaga Beach is tourism. What's the main component of our tourism? Wasaga Beach Provincial Park. I'm not saying anything negative about Wasaga Beach Provincial Park. Don't, no, not, I'm not here. Don't, 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 yeah. don't misinterpret that either. No. We are creating an experience for millions of people in the GTA, and as we just spoke a minute ago, for millions more to come. I mean, yeah, there are things I think we've got to lean on them for. This Fragmites nonsense should have been dealt with long ago. I mean, uh, 
there are things that really need to be tied up. But let's let's get back and uh, we're not reinventing the wheel. Right. We're just taking a look at if there are not things that uh, could be done to enhance the tourism experience. Right. To the benefit of, of everybody. Yeah, so what I'm hearing from you is that if both sides came together as partners and focused on the tourism experience, yeah. we, we would probably roll out a good amount of ideas and, and a good approach to be able to maintain a, a good level of business to be able to attract businesses coming in and a good level of attraction for these these people that come in because they know they're going to have a good experience. Absolutely. Absolutely, and the province always has to keep in the back of their mind that one nasty summer when the counts along the shores of Lake Ontario are not good for E. coli and we've got a couple of beaches closed. Uh, That was the reason for the beach in the first place, to provide an alternative opportunity for a beach experience in the event your major beaches around the metropolitan area were no longer accessible. Right, so here we have to kind of remind them that we were the solution for that, and then how do we go forward based on that? And and we invested, from townspeople's point of view, into into that solution, so there should be some recognition for that as we go forward. Do you agree with that? Sure, let's, let's sit down and talk. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're, we're coming into, uh, you know, we're 10 weeks away from the big long weekend in May. What would you recommend for people uh, getting ready for tourism? That they had started six months ago. Right. Ten weeks from the 24th of May. If it's not planned and ready to go now, it's not going to happen. It's uh, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, uh, merchants would come up, and uh, they would come up the 24th of May weekend and take the shutters off. They'd be hounding the bell guys to get the telephone line in. Uh, it's not the way it works anymore. You've got to... Uh, I mean, if the inventory isn't bought, if your staff isn't hired, uh, you need better to have it in place right now because you're not going to do it in 10 weeks. It's a different business world than it was back then. And back in those days, I mean, we had all kinds of local kids and college kids and that looking for... Uh, for jobs, well, that even that job market is, they look over the mountain, you know. Isn't that the first place they want to go? That's right. Uh, and I, you don't blame them. Uh, uh, but when kids get out of school, they want to know they've got that job. We've got that stigma of uh, a bunch that may or may not have been paid, but it certainly was front page stuff for quite a while, so that doesn't help if they get over that. Um, yeah, you ask me what to do in the next 10 weeks. Uh, get off your butt and get going if you, uh, if you haven't made those plans yet. Because uh, when you get to those 10 weeks, look, 10 weeks down from the road further and summer's over. Right, and then, you know, you talked about the word experience. I guess even for the employees, the, the, the student workers know they'll have an experience up in the mountain. Do we have uh, an equal experience that they could have working on the beach? Well, we always did. It was the reason they wanted to work here. Right. I mean, I can tell you the girls from high school who lived in Collingwood and Thornbury who came down here and uh, worked in clean cottages and served meals in the lodges and that because it's where they wanted to be. Right. It was a fun place. It was a happening place. Absolutely. I mean, uh, to get on the staff of the Pickwick, to get on the staff of the Normandy Lodge, I mean, it's... uh, 
okay, there isn't a Pickwick anymore, there isn't a Normandy Lodge anymore, but there are equivalencies, you know, be they retail opportunities or whatever. Um, if we're attracting the right uh, tourists, we're attracting the right numbers, it's still where I think kids want to be to get their jobs. Well, this was great. We we got another uh, episode uh, with you. <laughs> Walter, I appreciate that. And uh, we, we talked about uh, a lot of historical things that will have an impact on how we should behave in the future. So I'd really like to thank you for being on the show again. And we hope to have you back, say, uh, as we're uh, getting down to the, the long weekend and see how things are happening. And we can try to relate, you know, what was done, say, a few years back and how that can help us in the future. Sure, and throw in the same caveat, uh, Gary, the opinions expressed during this program are not necessarily those of the management. (laughs) Thank you very much, Walter. (laughs) You were listening to Walter Borthwick, resident of and business owner in Wasaga Beach. Walter spent 25 years as mayor of Wasaga Beach and was instrumental with other Wasaga Beach leaders in working with the provincial government in a partnership to develop the park and transform Wasaga Beach Village and surrounding township areas into the town of Wasaga Beach. If you'd like to hear more about the Wasaga Beach, its origins, and what makes it tick, talk to me. Drop me a line. You can email me at gary at beachbooster.com or call the Beach Booster office at 705-241-9762. We'll record your comments and questions and air them on the show or provide answers on our Beach Booster blog. We're always interested in featuring people, community groups, and events on this show. Contact us about your idea for an It's Your Town Beach Talk show. I'm Gary Sarantola, host of It's Your Town Beach Talk. Talk to me. The opinions expressed by the participants of the preceding program are not necessarily those of the Beach Booster Group. We are local. We are Wasaga Beach. We are Beach Booster.